Okay, welcome to the podcast. I'm a little bit late on this one, but last week I recommended the movie The Edge of Seventeen, and it was my first week back to school, which is why I'd chosen the school-themed movies, although on rewatch, realize there's not a lot of school to this movie, other than the fact that she is a high school student and some of the scenes take place at the high school, but very little having to do with school itself. That's not important, we'll get to that later, but it's just been a busy week for me in a very good way. Sometimes busy is a good thing. It just means that you are uh, accomplishing a lot and that you're really involved in something and that's the way the first week of school was. It was a good week, but a busy one and and the preparation last weekend kept me from actually having a time to sit down, rewatch this movie and do my review. But here I am a weekend later, finally doing the review and uh, didn't offer a new recommendation this week since I'm just now catching up on this one. I don't want to take too long with this. There's only a couple points I want to make, but as usual, I'm giving myself that 15 minutes hard out just in case I start rambling like I tend to do. But I have two main points I want to make about this movie. The first one is not as serious. second one a little more serious. Um, The first one is just that uh, Woody Harrelson is a national treasure. I love Woody Harrelson. He never pops up in a movie and I go, oh no, Woody Harrelson. I'm always like, sweet, Woody's in this. Uh, He just makes everything better, and he is perfect as the teacher in this movie. Uh, He has just the right demeanor for it. This teacher who uh, is able to connect with Nadine in the movie, but does so uh, in his own unique way. He is kind of dismissive of her and gives her a hard time, but that's actually how he connects with her. And uh, his line delivery is just hilarious. Um... And it's, you learn from the trivia, or I learned from the trivia, that he apparently improvised many of his lines and jokes. And, uh, man, it just goes to show you, like, I think Woody Harrelson's one of those guys, I don't know what he's like in real life, it's never like, I've never met Woody Harrelson, but you just can't help but imagine that Woody Harrelson is exactly like what you see in the movies. Um, and when you're watching this, you're like, this is exactly what Woody Harrelson would be like as a teacher. And honestly, um kind of an admirable character in this movie uh even though he's just a a funny character there's an element where i'm like i really want to be like i want to be that teacher um because he doesn't overly invest he doesn't push his way into the students lives or anything like that but uh finds a way to connect in a more suitable natural way and so i just love the woody harrelson character Uh, one of the reasons why i chose this movie being a teacher myself of course relating to the teacher character in the movie. The more serious observation I want to make is just, uh, I said it in my pitch for why I recommended this movie. I think it's one of the most realistic depictions or complete depictions of a teenager in a movie. And the reason I say that is I think this movie really had a good feel for the characters. Um, The original script, uh, this is one of my favorite things about reading trivia is just, some of the things you find out about the writing process or how the movie changed. And this one bit of trivia that I got from IMDb says that when Kelly Freeman Craig, uh, who wrote the movie, sent in the script, it was originally called Besties, and it focused mainly on the relationship between Nadine and uh, her best friend, whose name is escaping my mind at the moment. And the producer um, agreed to produce the film 
before making these changes, but he told her, he said, the most important thing you have to figure out is what you want to say about life in this story. And with that piece of advice, she refocused the plot and added more dramatic elements, which I think are the best elements in the movie, and uh, changed a lot of what the movie was and what it was about. I mean, some of the changes uh, were that her mom's boyfriend was an actual character in the movie. Uh, there was never mention of her father's death, which of course is very important in the movie and a very impactful scene at the beginning. Uh, Nick, the guy that she has a crush on, was a hot, was hot soccer Dan, which would be a totally different character. Uh, and Irwin was a flutist instead of an aspiring filmmaker. And it had a prom sequence at the end. So very much more typical high school teen comedy sounds like and then it i'm very glad the changes were made to become something else and something more but here's what i mean by the fully realized teenage characters i said this i said nadine um in the pitch i said nadine is not even a character you're sure that you like uh and every time we watch this movie i realize like she is not likable she is actually a brat she's kind of the worst she's very dramatic and everything in the movie she interprets through a very selfish lens and while she constantly accuses other people of being selfish and only caring about themselves, everything she does is very much selfish and only caring about herself. And that's the hypocrisy that often happens with teenagers um, when you're, I mean, this, this is just what happens. When you're born, you only have an, an internal perspective, right? Babies only know and are aware of themselves and their needs and their desires. And as you get older, you become aware of the world around you. And so young people in life or somewhere in that spectrum of learning about people around them, learning that everybody has problems and learning that they're part of a bigger thing going on. And some people are better about it than others. And Nadine in this movie is she just so inside of herself that she's unable to see what she does affects other people and how other people are being affected by the same events around her. And so in a lot of ways she self sabotages. And then you see in her relationship with her mother, how her mother is the exact same way and her mother's dramatic and overreacts to her and that's why they butt heads so bad. And you see how she comes by it honest. Her mother's so dramatic and and has a flair for overblowing everything and that's where Nadine gets it. And then the brother, who at the beginning, when you first watched the movie, the first time I watched the movie, I was like, yeah, they're going to make the brother the worst. He's going to be the typical jock and she's going to have to deal with that. And what a great twist that he's not the worst. He's actually kind of a really likable guy and when you rewatch it you see little details uh little contrasts that are kind of neat like when the mom first goes out of town and and Nadine wants to have the house to herself so she's partying with her friend and she's the one who over drinks and gets you know drunk and uh the brother has friends over but he's just drinking orange juice and then he's the one that's cleaning up afterwards and Nadine has to be taken care of and then Later, when they are interacting, the brother's folding laundry. And you just realize, like, he's taking care of everything. And you don't think about it the first time through. But after you watch the movie and there's the revelation where he finally has his moment to lash out at her a little bit and says, yeah, my life's great. You know, it's great having to talk mom down again. It's great having to apply to only nearby colleges because what's going to happen to her if I'm not here? And it's great knowing that the girl that I like... Uh, you know, is your best friend, and so it destroys you, and so it's like he can't just have nice things because he's always got to worry about other people. He's actually kind of the opposite of selfish, and it's made his life really rough. Um, 
But I'm glad they, they didn't. They made that subtle because they have a normal brother sister relationship. Like he gives her a hard time throughout the movie. He's not perfect. He gets frustrated with her. He gives her a hard time, and so it really flies under the radar for a while until that culminating moment. And uh, it's a little. It can get a little optimistic and cheesy, uh, which is probably actually a good thing because otherwise it'd just be kind of heavy. Uh, she's a depressed character in the movie, and it is sort of a comedy drama and tries to be a little light and optimistic about it um erwin i think is my least favorite part of the movie the the boy that she ends up with uh who's the nervous and awkward guy who likes her and it takes her the whole movie to figure out that he was great all along because he's a little too great um he's rich not that that should be an important thing in who you like but he's he's rich he's actually like really ripped and muscular uh, we see in the scene where they're swimming uh, feels weird that I even have to say that like I noticed and then he's this really talented artist and it's like okay so there's nothing wrong with this guy other than he's a little socially awkward and once you get past that he's actually great um so that in that regard is a little too optimistic maybe if he could have been a little more normally cool and she discovered that that would have been great um but yeah that's that's really all I want to say is just I love the depictions of these movies the things that happen the circumstances are really just tools to show you the characters. Uh, so some of the scenes are really awkward. Some of them are not enjoyable, of course. Uh, you know, when things get a little uncomfortable with her and the boy that she likes, Nick, in the car, that's always a scene that I'm like, oh, can we just get through this? Although it has one of my favorite moments in the movie because uh, he's driving her along, uh, I don't know, some kind of waterfront or bay, and she looks out the window and she's like, wow, this is beautiful. And you think, yeah, it'll take her to this beautiful view to park instead he swerves and parks the car the other direction right in front of a like waste bin <laughs> and she's just like oh and just the complete ignorance of that character just the idiocy of parking the other side of that parking lot <laughs> instead of the nice view um it was a great moment uh and then at that point you're like yeah this guy's the worst um so that's it. Um, nobody, nobody's given me any thoughts lately on the movies that I've recommended. And of course, this one might have been hard because it was supposed to be a recommendation of a movie streaming on Netflix because it had been for months. And then, of course, when I film my recommendation, I go just to check and make sure and it's not on Netflix. So I feel bad about that because I don't ever want to recommend something that people have to go spend money on. But you know what? It's like four bucks. So what am I making a big deal about uh, when I was in high school and the only way to watch movies was to go to Blockbuster or the theater, uh, $5 for a rental. Didn't seem like that big a deal. And that was back in early 2000s. So $4 to rent digitally. You don't even have to go out. That's not that big a deal, right? All right, well, that's the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with my inconsistency in my recommendations and my rambling about why I like them. Hopefully you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, feel free to give me suggestions. I had one person give me a suggestion for a movie that I should do, and I'm still thinking about it. Um, it was Hamilton, and I don't have Disney+, Plus, so that's one of the hiccups. And the other one is I'm just really concerned, to be honest, that everybody loves Hamilton so much. What if I don't like it? Oh, no. Uh, I may have, may have the most hated podcast I've ever done. So nobody listens to him, though, so I'll be all right. All right, well, hope you have a good day, and I will see you next time.